0: Lunch with Pepper Hudson and now Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola.
1: Always great to welcome consumer journalist Wendy Nola to the show. She's with us from a studio in Durban today. Uh, welcome, Wendy.
2: Thanks, Papa. And on full ESCOM power, I'm happy to oh, say Oh, fantastic.
1: Fingers crossed. Let's hope <laughs> it stays that way. Uh, a very seasonal topic up first today because we're going to talk about travel and whose responsibility it is to look after our luggage. We're also, though, going to pick up on a couple of the questions that have come through this past week around early December debits and around Zando's uh, missing Black Friday deliveries. Mm, Some of them have made it. Topics. Some of them are still somewhere in transit. So lots yes. on the menu today. If If time allows, we'll take some open line questions as well. And remember, you are invited to phone in on 021-446-0567 or leave a voice note on 072-567-1567. Now, Wendy, a lot of people counting the days until they go off on holiday. And for some lucky people, that holiday might include a flight on an airplane. The last thing we want to think about is what happens to our luggage. But unfortunately, a couple of recent cases have shown us you do need to think about it.
2: You absolutely do. Um, Well, my job has taught me nothing if not um, assume the worst and plan for it.
1: (laughs) Okay. So if you're
2: taking to the skies and you need to check in your luggage, there is a lot that can go wrong between the moment you let go of your suitcase or your bicycle, skateboard, or wheelchair, and then pick it up on the other side. It can land up in the wrong city. It can get stolen. It can get stuff pilfered out of it, a, a suitcase. Damage, mm. um, And you probably won't be compensated as well as you think you should. So, for example, if your perfume or trainers are stolen out of your bag, at most you'll be compensated according to an international airline rate, which is around 20 U.S. dollars per kilogram. If you're thinking about a bottle of
1: perfume, yeah. you, you can imagine how short-changed you'd be there. Well, you get so the in, same compensation for a pair of Mr. Price tackies as you would for a pair exactly. of expensive Air Jordans. It's all, yeah. it's all about the weight. <laughs> yeah. okay. And, of
2: course, we're limited to the weight we can have in our suitcase in the first place. Yeah. So Yeah. It's, it's very small compensation okay. in most cases. So, we, we're talking today's first case is um, Eddie Ndopu, who's a global disability justice advocate, and he took to social media last week after his wheelchair was damaged on a local British Airways flat. And you spoke to him just after that happened, didn't you, Pippa?
1: Correct, we did, and I thought we'd just play a brief snippet of that interview today to remind everybody what happened to Eddie. Let's take a listen.
0: It was absolutely shocking. So the irony of it all is that I was invited by the World Bank uh, to give a keynote speech uh, about disability inclusion uh, as we wrap up uh, Disability Awareness Month here in South Africa. And uh, upon my return from Durban uh, to Johannesburg, uh, I found my wheelchair in two pieces. Um, I have a state-of-the-art wheelchair because of my disability, and the wheelchair, the entire backrest, was completely unhinged and ripped off from the frame. Um, and, uh, the entire, uh, the armrests on both sides were chipped. Uh, but the worst part is, is that when I went to lodge the complaint, uh, at the calm air, uh, because I was flying British Airways at the calm air counter, I was told by the supervisor that, um, it is the response that, that disabled passengers are liable for whatever happens to their wheelchairs, regardless of whether or not the airline damages them. So I was completely horrified.
1: So, that, I mean, it seems okay. unbelievable, Wendy, that, it sorry, does. it's just not our problem, it's yours. And, Un,
2: yeah. Yes, and also, actually, we've never heard of the Consumer Protection Act.
1: What's that? We yeah, do exactly. What do we want with your stuff? Somehow and exempt from it. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know you looked into this case. Uh, what did Eddie tell you I, after that I interview? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean
2: social media is a wonderful thing sometimes <laughs> and um yeah he he unsurprisingly got a very Um, A call from a very embarrassed customer relations manager for that airline, um, and they are now importing the part from from the UK. But in the meantime, I asked him, I mean, this is a very specialist wheelchair, what is he doing in the meantime? And he says, well, I have to sit quite upright because the backrest is not stable, Uh, and it's quite an an inconvenience. I think it would be for most able-bodied people not to be able to use a backrest. Um, He says he's received, and this is the sad part, hundreds of messages from people with harrowing stories of their own about how badly their wheelchairs had been treated by airline and airport ground staff. Um, and my first thought on, 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 on hearing that from him was, if only companies would respond as if every complaint was getting social media attention. Yeah, and radio coverage. And then they'd yeah. be doing things, and, ra- and and traditional media coverage, and then we'd see a different level of, uh, of customer service. But,
1: yeah, that's yeah. the reality. It well, the- takes attention to get things done and and i have to say well done to eddie for for calling the attention down on this particular one because it's to me particularly egregious that 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 uh, somebody who is already at a disadvantage navigating the space of an airline should be treated in that fashion i'm delighted that they are fixing it though
2: and at every international platform that he speaks, you can be sure that that uh, his personal experience told, yeah. is
1: going to be in his arsenal of stories. Yes. Absolutely. So let's just get a bit of a general overview, Wendy, about how most airlines deal with this issue of damaged luggage. You've already mentioned that that compensation rate is set at about $20 per kilogram. Yes. Uh, but, but what else are the sort of the, the broad, the broad strokes of how they deal with the issue?
2: Okay, so so looking at at damaged luggage specifically, most airlines are very specific about what counts as damaged luggage, and usually they won't accept responsibility or pay any compensa- compensation for damage caused to items protruding from or attached to bags. So we're talking handles um, that don't go collapse into this, the the suitcase and wheels. Um, and they also, so if you if you pack a bag to absolute bursting capacity mm. and the zip splits, um, they won't um, entertain a claim on that. And this is where, and certainly with regard to damage to suitcases with so-called protru- protrusions, this is where our second case comes in. Lauren Gardner flew from Cape Town to Joburg in October and
1: was really unhappy with the way that her luggage was treated. Okay, now Lauren is actually traveling
3: again today,
1: so she yes, couldn't join to us live to Australia, but we caught up with her on Monday, and she shared the story with us. Let's take a listen.
3: I recently bought a Samsonite suitcase, which is known for their durability, in nice bright red, so I could spot it easily on the conveyor belt. Mm-hmm. It was a really good new case, relatively new, and off we went.
1: All right, now I know it had a retractable handle. You're absolutely sure that you had pushed that down into the body of the bag before checking in the suitcase, not so?
3: Definitely. It wouldn't have gone onto the conveyor belt without that.
1: Now, Lauren, tell us what you saw when that bag came out on the luggage conveyor belt at Oatambo.
3: Well, firstly, it took an awfully long time to come out, about an hour or so. Everybody is getting rather antsy. And then when it did come out, I, I pulled it off the conveyor belt, and when I tried to pull up the retractable handle, it wouldn't budge. And, um, I then noticed that on the side there were scuff marks on the back, like it had been lying on the corner of, um, a surface. Um, and it, it actually damaged the, the soft shell of the suitcase. Did you report it
1: straight away to, to anybody at the airport?
3: Yes, I went to the, the information desk or the BA desk, BA Kalula desk there, and I told the woman that the handle was damaged and I needed to report the suitcase, the damage to the suitcase um, and she didn't even get up and have a look at the handle, she just pointed to a sign on the wall and said well we don't cover damage to handles um, and, and was actually quite abrupt and a bit rude about it.
1: We don't cover damage to handles, despite the fact that this handle wasn't sticking out. It was buried inside the bag when you took off, so clearly something had gone wrong. Um, all right, so you got no joy at the airport itself. Did you then try and take it any further? Did you take photographs? What did you do next?
3: Um, well, I was, I was really livid because this was clearly more than just a handle-breaking, yeah. in flight. Um, but uh, I actually then, from the airport, tweeted to Wendy and said, where do I stand on this? Um, and she responded back that she felt it was nonsense, and she would take it further for me. so i took i took pictures and gave her all the details, all my you know boarding pass, all of that, and sent it on to her and um she was just wonderful with getting the wheels working. but it was quite substantially damaged. you know once I got home, I could actually have a look at at the proper damage and um once I'd unpacked it, that whole mechanism on the bottom of the suitcase that the handle slides in and out of, yeah. that was bent. It was actually bent on the one side. Now, to do that amount of damage, that, that handle, that bag must have been quite severely um, handled, quite mm-hmm. severely, roughly handled, because in a sense, I've known for the durability and the strength. And, yeah, it was properly, properly dented um, or bent, actually. Yeah.
1: So to to cut to the end of the story, Lauren, Wendy took up the case and, and uh, carried it further to British Airways. What was the outcome of, of the pressure that she applied? Did you finally get the airline to compensate you in any way?
3: Um, yes. At first they asked me to bring back the bag so that they could have a look at it. But I stay, you know, over 100 kilometers from the airport. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So that would be a 200-round trip to go. And so I said, that, here's the pictures. You can see it's bent. Um, you can see it was damaged here. You can, it's, the evidence is here. Um, if you really want me to bring it in, I'll do it next when I come to Joburg. But there can't be... Any, you know, I, I don't know when that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then whoever was on the receiving end, because they were ceasing everybody into every email, <laughs> so. so I'm not actually sure who was in charge of it in the end. Um, but uh, they said, okay, no, it's fine. Um, they were, would I like the um, money in my account, or would they like me to deliver? Or would they, would, would I like them to deliver a new bag of the equivalent? Um, brand and type, okay. and I said no. I'll I'll just get a new bag, and I'll I'll let you know what it costs. So I took all the screenshots of what they were on various sites, and I sent that to them, and they just deposited the money in my bank account.
1: All right, so it's had a happy ending in that you have a new suitcase to replace the one that was so badly damaged it would be effectively unusable. Uh Lauren, you've learnt that it's worth speaking up and not just accepting uh uh that kind of rude abrupt service you had at the airline desk. Any other lessons in this uh that you hope other listeners will learn from from your story?
3: Oh, um well definitely to speak up. Um I think perhaps on the day, I should have been a little bit more a little more difficult with the women at the b a counter and um and pushed it further mm. um I think that probably would have helped, but otherwise she just keep pushing you know once Wendy got involved, the wheels turned really really quickly and efficiently um it shouldn't have to get to that point mm. um and maybe if more people are are actually fighting back um then the, the normal we become to deal with these things rather than to try and brush them off.
1: So, Wendy, congratulations on getting a result for Lauren. And uh, I think I'm sure you would second her comment about it being important to speak up when these things happen.
2: Absolutely. We do, unfortunately, have to fight for ourselves. When I say fight, I don't mean aggressively or in an abusive way, but to stand up for ourselves and say, this is not right and this is what I expect you to do and this is when... I expect you to do it by. So that whole her story um, infuriated me because, well, they, they, this is this is the final statement I got from from the BA spokesman I dealt with. He said, while the utmost care is applied in the handling process by our staff and third party suppliers, owing to the large volumes of baggage and at, and at the speed at which they must be processed protruding non-retractable parts such as wheels and handles are more susceptible to damage and because of this we stipulate in our general conditions of carriage that we don't accept liability should these protruding non-retractable parts get damaged in the process. Well that's understandable but the point is Lauren's handle was not retractable and that woman sitting behind the counter at the airport desk there didn't even get up to have a look at that. She just said oh handles we don't cover it and it's that sort of dismissive response that infuriates me. Um, At Ironically, it was because the bag was so badly damaged and that mechanism was buckled that the the handle could not be. (laughs) It couldn't possibly be protruding. Yes, exactly. Um, And you know, Lauren and others should not need the help of of people like me to get. Um, what's due to them and yeah and yeah that's just the
1: unfortunate part dean asking a question on the sms line about fragile items he says the airline says you signed for it so it's not their problem and they always break fragile items
2: yeah, that is a difficult one because then, if it ever had to go to some sort of ombudsman or a, a court, they would have to um, go into the nitty-gritties of what would a reasonable person consider to be fragile and not, and what is, you know, what can, what is the responsibility of the person to pack it um, yeah. properly, and should should the airlines be refusing to accept? Um, uh, certain types of items because no matter how well you pack them they're probably going to break it's a very complicated thing the reality is that some of us need to fly with some fragile things yeah um and uh, yeah it's that's probably a whole nother show is uh, what how do we mitigate against that and who takes responsibility for what yeah um but yeah before we got a, a handle news, on the suitcase, is is, is quite different thing. from that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just before we got a news, Wendy. Besides speaking up when damage occurs, w- what else could, should we be doing as travellers? Any advice on on how to protect ourselves in case this happens to our luggage? Okay,
2: as a, as this tip applies to every time you've got to hand something over, something that belongs to you over to a company for something, whether it's repairs such as a cell phone or a watch or a car in for a service. The very best favor you can do for yourself is to take photographs and thereby create your own proof. Um, so, uh, so many consumers tell me, And when they got their goods back, whatever it was, that they're told it was like that. And without any photos of their own, they can't prove it. Um, So take a picture of the bag when you're about to fly as it goes off. I mean, don't be afraid of looking silly because you are protecting yourself. And we all have our cell phones on us at all times, most of us. And so it's a really easy thing to do, much easier than it was before cell phone. Um, and also when you're packing your bag, um, just capture the contents because a lot of things go missing out of bags or whole bags go missing. And it's a really um, helpful thing to have your own evidence of what was in there and and not just planes. I have a case currently of uh, somebody who caught a, a coach from Cape Town to Kimberley yeah. um, and not Cape to Kimberley, somewhere inland. And, um the entire bag didn't make it, and he's claiming for a whole lot of designer clothes, and he can't really prove... That they were in that suitcase. That they, yes, and so just it's so easy. Just take photos. Just get into the habit. Let it be your default. Photograph, 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 and delete them when
1: you don't need them anymore. Okay, that's great advice. Easy to do, uh, as you say, and, and rather have the proof than don't. After the Eyewitness News headlines, we're going to switch focus to the topic of early December debits, and we'll also find out what's gone wrong at Zando post-Black Friday. If you've got comments or questions around either of those issues or if there's something you'd like to add to the conversation around luggage damage, uh, give us a call on 021-446-0567 or leave a voice note now on 072-567-1567.
0: Join the conversation. Cape Talk. It's summer. Call us on 021-446-0567.
1: We're back with Consumer Talk. Wendy Nola joining us from a studio in Durban this afternoon and switching focus now from uh, travel damage to the question of early December debits. Just a reminder, you're welcome to call in with your question on any consumer issue on 021-446-0567. Another very seasonable to- uh, seasonal topic uh, which crossed our desks this week. Our listener Chris White asked whether banks and companies can just unilaterally decide to take their debit in mid-December instead of on the usual debit order date that is stipulated in your contract. Uh, Chris mailed us to say he'd received an SMS from Nedbank to say your bond repayment is going off early this month, so instead of the usual date of the 31st of the month, sorry for you it's two weeks early, Friday the 14th of December we'll have our money, thank you very much and Chris's problem with this is he won't even have been paid his own salary by then, so it's a real scramble to make a, cl- a plan to cover that early debit, never mind what it means for what's left in the bank for uh, the Christmas holiday that lies ahead. Um, when Wendy, he concedes that they did send an SMS 30 days ago to say we are going to do this. His problem is he only uses WhatsApp these days because he says all he gets on the SMS line is spam. So he didn't see that SMS. And what he asked is the following. Is it legal for them to change the terms of my bond contract in this way based on a single SMS without having received any confirmation of that SMS from me? And can anything be done about it? I'm sure if I tried to pay two weeks late, they wouldn't be very understanding. Um, Exactly. Yeah.
2: Right, so I did take that up with Ned Bank, um, and I also raised the issue with the Ombudsman for Banking Services. Um, my question, main question being, surely the bank should only affect the early debit order contrary to the debit order contract if there is explicit consent mm. from the customer. Um, Banks just got back to me to say that, yes, they do this because uh, due to the nature of just public holidays in December, um, they like to take measures to help clients meet their payments and avoid defaulting. And this um, means that it makes it easier for clients to meet their home loan repayments (laughs) and reduce the risk of defaulting, which is a lovely corporate spin. Absolutely. he says cl- they said clients are notified beforehand using mini mailers, whatever those are, and, and via SMS and informed of the option of the early debit order, option, option of the huh. early debit order arrangement. They're requested to contact the bank if the arrangement does not suit them. Um, and they say they pay for the cost of that SMS. Um, now, this is the interesting part. In the case where the mini mailer or SMS is delivered and no response is received from the client, which was the case, Chris's um, experience, the debit order date is moved, in his case, to the 14th. Your. However, should the mini-mailer not be delivered, the debit order is not moved. So they're saying you don't actually have to have read it and responded. You just It's good enough for us just to know that it was received, it was received. or delivered. Okay. The bank has – this is the other thing. The bank has legal support to move the date of a debit order in December as set out in the Debit Order Authority form authorised by the client, provided the bank gives client prior notification. Now, I'm quite sure that that, um, that line in the Debit Order Authority isn't in everybody's agreement. They have they've most likely put it in recently. So you should check your – that's the first thing. Check to see if you can even find the documentation, what that says. Yeah. Then the Ombudsman for Banking Services I got a really useful response from their investigations manager, Narosha Massetti. She says, both parties, bank and customer, are bound by the terms and conditions of the agreement that was signed, and it follows that any amendment to the contract must be done by agreement. In respect of early debit orders, she said that, um, in in December particularly, it's our understanding that the bank implements these on all its customers that have a personal loan, vehicle finance, and a mortgage bond, um, and those clients that get paid early in December. The bank explained that the criteria that's used is based on the probability of the client being paid early in December. The bank considers the employment sector, employer, et cetera, of the customer Um, For example, government employees do get paid earlier in December. So, obviously they got it wrong with Chris Yeah And then and then the Ombudsman says It's our understanding that the SMS sent by the banks Request the customer to consent to the change of date In our view, if the customer does not respond to the SMS Then the bank is bound by what was contractually agreed to you. So if the early debit order was not contractually agreed to Then the bank cannot action same Then she does say that some banks have inserted a clause into their contracts To deal with December In which case that, that would have to be decided on its merits But obviously anyone listening that has quite an old debit you know that opened their bank account a while ago their, their, their home loan or whatever in my case it would be twenty years ago. I know that there isn 't a clause in there about them be, uh, me allowing them to take my um, installment um, early in december and if you didn 't respond to tell them yes, you may, then you would certainly have a case they may not do it they may not do it okay. they can only do it on the agreed date. So this is something that comes up every December and I think I'm just about it in my column I as think well. so too. In the meantime, um, can
1: I take that statement from the Ombud and send it to Chris to send to Netback?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So it would depend how recently he signed the contract and whether they have that clause in their um, I- I- in, in the contract particular, In this okay. particular contract, yes. So okay. it would be right where you sign. It has all the terms and conditions there.
1: Chris, I'll send um, you the exact verbatim statement from the Ombud after the show today and uh, uh, I tell you what, we'll also send you the the podcast of this particular conversation if you want to go and play it for for them if you're having any difficulties. So I wonder if anybody else has been caught by surprise in the same way Chris has uh, because that, that statement from the Ombud, Wendy, suggests that a lot of people are being affected by this this shifting date.
2: Absolutely. So it all depends what's in if there's an out in your contract. And if there isn't and you didn't specifically say yes you may, then they can't because we don't get to, as Chris says, unilaterally change the terms of our contract. I'm having a bad yeah. month uh, I'm trying to whip up some funds. Can you not take my debit on the debit order on the twenty sixth? Can you rather do it on the first? We you know, not offer that they're not option. open yeah. to that. Yeah. No.
1: Okay. Uh, Chris, sounds like you've got something to argue there, provided you haven't got small print in your contract you weren't aware of. So let's hope uh, this gets you some resolution. Okay. Then, Wendy, the other issue that has come flying mm. into our inbox in the past week, uh, and it's one that I've encountered personally as well. Um, <laughs> okay let's f- go f- rewind a couple of weeks ago we were talking about black friday and all issues yeah. relating to black friday and as you mentioned in that conversation in november there's always that one online retail- retail- retailer whose site falls over under the pressure in some way or yeah. in some way and others maybe make it through the day itself but then they drop the ball when it comes to delivery and it looks like it's zando this year uh, black friday is turning out to be very very black for them indeed in terms of their <laughs> reputation
2: Absolutely. So just after Black Friday, Zando boasted that it had ensured 100% uptime the entire Black Friday. And you love it when corporates inflict <laughs> their, their terminology on us ordinary mortals. Um, so their, their site didn't collapse, basically. but and, and that despite it exceeding its entire 2017 Black Friday sales by midday. I think in Take-A-Lot's case, that was around oh, 8 o'clock yeah. <laughs> or something in the morning. Um, apparently, Zando's top sellers were sneakers, women's wear, and shoes. Well, fast forward two and a half weeks, and loads of those paid-for clothes and shoes haven't made it to the exasperated owners yet, along with orders placed by others since the year's most cha- chaotic shopping day on November 25, was it? 23rd, I think was it the was, this year. 23? Yeah. Okay. Um, So hundreds of disappointed customers have shared their frustrations in various platforms, mainly the company's Facebook page, including one who wrote, they promised three to five days delivery, which is still... Still, the um, the promise. Yeah. Customer service line rings and you hold for thirty minutes at a time with no answer. If you're planning on getting Christmas gifts before Christmas, get them elsewhere. Zando is doing something very long and going to lose wrong and going to lose tons of customers. Another one I saw um, a short while ago um, was from Sisanda and Pung yeah, who ordered shoes for her graduation which haven't arrived? Oh. Extremely disappointed by your service. I'm graduating Thursday, which is tomorrow, and my estimated delivery date is Thursday. To think I used my last cent to purchase this item, I guess I will walk up that stage barefoot. That's awful. And that is the thing, you know, you people at this time of year, especially, they're ordering gifts um, for Christmas. Some people go away. And want to take the gifts with them. So a lot of uh, certainly by this weekend, a lot of people are going to be really badly affected by not getting um, what they were promised, yeah. um, and having to then buy, make other plans. Um, just last week, I think it was around the sixth, the company did post an apology on its Facebook page, saying sorry for both the delivery delays and for uh, not answering calls as they should. Our warehouse and customer service teams are working tirelessly to ensure that we deliver on our promise. But there's no mention, if you go onto the website now, there's no mention of the problem. Uh, yeah. We've, you know, well, where this. People is, go to
1: order, which isn't on. It's not good enough. And this is what I encountered. So let me jump in here, Wendy. I'm one of those customers who probably foolishly placed an order after Black Friday. Right. I thought by then, a, a week or so later, the furore would have died down. <laughs> um, so I placed an order and I clicked on the option, which offered me a three to five working day delivery. And it was only after I'd finished the transaction, the money had gone off my credit card, the order was confirmed, <sighs> the email, my box only then did they send an email going oops sorry actually it's going to take a little longer than three to five days okay and as you say at this time of year it's not acceptable because in my case it means i need to change the delivery address because my housekeeper's gone on leave there is nobody physically at my house um you know, a few days deliveries. later to take delivery. Mm. But you try getting hold of them. I was on hold for half an hour yesterday on the customer service line, eventually gave up. There's no response. The email, you just get a, a an auto response uh, confirming receipt, but no follow-up. And, um, you know, as, as you say, I, I, it's, it's not a crucial item in my case. I can afford to wait a few days. But, um, you know, they should have told me that up front. So, to be fair, this is the first before time I've you had, your order. yeah, before, yeah. you know, because if had they said the delivery date is going to be five to 10 working days or even 10 to 15, I would have chosen an appropriate address to send it See, to. See, they didn't yeah. want to lose the sale. They yeah. just, oh no, that's not acceptable. Which is not on. So it is the first mm-hmm. time I've got to be fair. It's the, I've shopped with them a lot and it's the first time I've had this kind of, of, of less than, than good experience with them. But mm. it, it certainly makes me reconsider using them again. Um, and yeah, it's, it's that, that, that point of not communicating upfront and just being honest about What's going on?
2: Exactly. So uh, in June last year, so about 18 months ago, uh, it was the fashion online fashion retailer Spree which had this problem. Yeah. Um, and related to Black Friday or Christmas or anything else, they just had a problem with their third-party um, delivery people, the couriers. And uh, things went badly awry and lots of rage online. And e-commerce analyst Arthur Goldstuck told me at that time with that case, that um, glib responses are not enough, transparent and continuous communication becomes critical. And he went on to say, the moment the company shifts the goalpost after accepting someone's payment, so in your case and many yeah. others, Pippa, it is not only, an, it is not only, sorry, um, I'm not even reading my own notes here. Yeah. Um, because they're on the back foot, they should compensate the customer. So it's not enough just to say sorry. Some, even something small he said, such as a discount off their next purchase, would go a long way to restor- restoring goodwill and that doesn't seem to be happening routinely. No. He says people are really forgiving of a service lapse if they get a meaningful apology, full disclosure, and there's effective two way communication. So what we're seeing here is what we've seen so many times before, yeah. is you you they compound the non the non delivery of the goods that somebody that that the customers have paid for within um, lack of communication yeah. um, and, and, and that just Is a powder keg, it, yeah. it never ends well Last year, last September by the way Spree was bought by a Superbalist so That's Spree right. doesn't exist anymore um, I have at the last moment got A response from Zander's brand Director, okay. um, Giselle Esau And I asked her three questions What went wrong, she says we had an unprecedented Increase in order volumes from 2017, but online retailers should be Expecting and hoping for that yeah. She said we did increase our capacity by twofold. at the the warehouse, we recruited additional customer service agents, increasing capacity by 85%, and even with all that, we've been overwhelmed by the scale that was required and have reached a ceiling of what we can be processed in a day. She said there's a direct correlation between the number of orders and people who contact our customer service team, uh, therefore us being undersubscribed too because of the popularity of Black Friday. She said that customer service people have been inundated with calls and emails due to the slow shipping times, which has created a snowball effect. I then asked what the company had learned from this for next year's Black Friday. She says "To to set clear expectations of extended delivery times, to improve our ability to process more orders during peak times, and to increase the number of agents who can handle customer contacts. And I said, What would you like to say to all the disappointed customers? She said, We're very we're extremely sorry that we've left them down. We know that they must be feeling frustrated. We've tried our best to set expectations of adjusted delivery times. From what you told me, Pippa, they need to try harder, they actually yeah. disclose the problem. I'm actually gonna go on and test the site when we go off air to okay. see if and try and order something, and let's have a look. Um, and where possible, she said, we are upgrading to faster shipping lead times once the order has been fulfilled at our warehouse. And finally, we will make sure that our customers receive their orders.
1: Let's so there hope so. you have so. it. Yeah. Mm,
2: because it's a really, I mean, nobody wants to do that to their customers, but um, the damage is now done, and they now have to work very hard to regain their customers' trust. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think if they had, at the very least, it's, it's very hard to upscale your warehouse capacity, but you can put a whole lot more customer service agents on very quickly, and they should be getting their consu- their, their communication sorted out yeah. like yesterday because consumers, even angry, grumpy ones who've been let down, are really, most of us are suckers for a, a really um, heartfelt uh, apology, Mm. And we don't – to sit on the line as you did for half an hour, just to communicate is, you know, is – (laughs) it's <laughs> is compounding an, a, a really bad service failure. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, it's not that hard to fix, as I say. You can put agents on there, at least so that the calls are, are picked up.
1: Yeah, because really it's it's an easily addressed issue. I'm not that stressed about the delay itself. It's just a case of saying, if it's going to be late, please let's just shift the address to a different one. It's it's not that difficult, yeah. So, and I'm sure there are lots of people in the same boat, Wendy, because a lot of people are going, going on, on leave on Friday and exactly. they're not going to be uh, sitting at their delivery addresses any longer.
2: Should be anticipated. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. It's not a new December phenomenon that people go away or you know, yeah, would change a dress and that. This is one of the downsides of online buying that you don't pay and get your item immediately and walk
1: away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now yeah. you're at their mercy. We've got a couple of voice notes that have come in on the issue of uh, of debit orders. Uh, we'll play those. I'm also happy to take your calls if you're one of the affected Zando customers, or if you'd like to go back to the issue of airlines damaging luggage. Uh, karen asking which company is it that's messed up on the orders? Corin, it's uh, the online retailer Zando. We've been discussing. Uh, the voice notes are on debit orders. Let's take a listen to those.
0: Hi, Papa. I
3: received a SMS also from Cell C requesting if they could uh, do an earlier deduction but if you answer yes then they can but if you don't answer um, they will just take it off as it would normally come off on the first of the month so I don't really know um, if that is uh, a a, a normal uh, kind of end of year situation but why would they want to interfere with your salary anyway when it comes to this period of the time your your debit will go off when it needs to go off that's the agreement made throughout when you made up the contract thanks Sean.
0: hi I'm phoning phoning from Weinberg regarding the conversation we got debit orders December month um, some government employees get paid in the middle of the month there are certain of us that gets paid on the last working day of the month so that's a uh, an unfair assumption that all of us get paid in the middle of the month
1: no, absolutely I, I agree with you completely, completely. I mean my um, some people are lucky enough to have a, a salary date that shifts in December but by no means is it everybody and uh, most people I know just get paid as normal so uh, yes. somebody else's whatsapp saying my debit order from Capitech Tech was taken off on the 12th instead of the 25th this wow. month what it doesn't say though is whether you were told that was going to happen yes. and whether they sent you any notification.
2: Right, so, so to answer the first um the person who first whose voice note we played first, um, why does it happen? Well because all service providers will tell you that the unfortunate reality is that the combination of people being paid early and it being Christmas and party time and whatever the de- default rate in December for car loan uh, you know, car finance installments home loans and that sort of thing um, are unusually they spark that is just the reality so that 's what this is the banks trying to make sure and the service providers trying to make sure that they get, get their hands on our money as it gets paid in, which is what normally happens we get paid and the SMS has come and it all roars out. Um, so the, the, um, what CELSI did there, according to that um, subscriber's um, account, is perfectly okay. They're saying we would like to take it earlier. Yes, no. If, if you say no, then they don't. And that's what the um, that uh, investigations manager at the Ombuds for Banking Services said. You know, it is a contract, and if it's going to be changed in any way, and the payment date is a very key um, term of that contract – it has to be by cons- with concern by the consumer, unless mm. of course there is that clause and I think um yeah any new contract we sign for cell phones and um their cars and homes or whatever, I think we're going to see that as a standard um con- a standard clause yeah. in there but to, to avoid all of this, but I think those of us who have um whose contracts go back a bit, I very much doubt that it. it allows them. To yeah. do that to us, I don't think just that laws f- is in there.
1: A follow up on the SMS line: someone questioning whether this doesn't, in fact, fall the, this SMS communication method doesn't fall foul of the laws around negative advertising. Uh, yes, exactly yeah. what it is. That's
2: Could you just exactly elaborate so a little it's, bit? It's, um, negative, Wendy? it's negative response. It's outlawed by the Consumer Protection Act, and even before the act, it was it was outlawed by other consumer protection that we had in the law. And that says, if um, I offer you something, Pippa, and I say, if you don't say no, then I'm going to charge you for it anyway, Um, that's uh, outlawed. So you have to expressly say, I don't want it. They can't assume that non-response is a positive response. And this is a version of that. They're not charging you for something, but they're saying, we want to change the terms of agreement. We want to um, take your money earlier than is specified in the contract that we are both party to. And if you don't get it, and in this case, I I don't read SMSs um, often. I don't have an alert, and I do most of my texting via WhatsApp, as many of us do now. There's a cost factor and a convenience and everything else. Um, so if my bank sent me an SMS About changing my debit order There's a good chance I would miss it too and, and not respond So so
1: what the Ombud is saying If there's no clause in the contract that allows it And you didn't respond They may not do it Okay Well I'm wondering uh, uh, I'm going to go home and check all of my debit orders so Because wow. Anita's just SMS to say I got an SMS from First for Women Asking if they could take December and January in December wow. I replied no But she says what a cheek And I'm sure I would feel the same way And I, I'm just, I think everybody needs to go back And, and just double check Check the list of debit orders that are going to be going off, and 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 check your SMS records uh, to make sure you're not going to yes. get caught out.
2: Absolutely. Good advice. Um, I love the way Ned Bank said, but we pay for the SMS. Oh, please, as if that helps.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Got to laugh. Um, uh, a couple of general comments on other topics coming through. I'm very happy to squeeze in one or two more voice notes or calls, though, on these topics, 21 or send an SMS to 31567. Going back to online shopping, though, Greg emailed a while back to say he'd ordered a product from the Banggood site in May or June this year and still hasn't received. It. He says, I cannot track the parcel. I don't have any idea when to expect it, if at all I should expect it. It cost over 2,700 rand. What do I do? Oh, my goodness. Um, look, the... The best uh, consumer
2: defense against that scenario is to if you pay by credit card and, and mostly these um, purchases are by credit card, you have the uh, protection of what's known as chargeback. I, we talk about it a lot on the show yeah. it's just it, this is the best thing about paying with credit card. so you go to your bank and they effectively go to the bank of the merchant and say there's this dispute unless your 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 merchant can prove that they delivered." what they were paid for, then we taking the money back and you get your money back in that way. I've I've had personal experience experience of this working very effectively, but I'm I'm concerned by Greg's purchase date, which was you said May or June, because the banks limit the amount of time you have to effect um uh to, to claim for chargeback. back. Uh, one of the banks I think might be as as long as um six months. They vary from two months to about nine months. So I'm hoping that Greg's bank is one of the mm. more lenient ones in that regard. Other than that um, to, I would suggest, you know, going on, using social media and the various platforms that you're on to, to make a bit of a noise about it and find out if others are experiencing the same thing. Um, that often is, can be helpful. But the first thing I would do, Greg, if I were you, is contact your bank if you paid by credit card and see if you still if you're still able to apply for for um,
1: chargeback. Okay, thanks for the advice. Just ask for their disputes department. Okay, Greg, I hope you come right. Uh, somebody called in asking Wendy if you are the victim, well, let's call it the victim of this unexpected early debit order. Do you have the right to demand a refund if you feel you weren't properly advised and didn't consent to it?
2: Absolutely, and I would strongly um, advise you to do just that. Why I should, I mean, in Chris's case, um, he has is going to have to, if they don't move it, if they don't change it, and they, they've told him he can't, he's going to whip all that money out and have, you know, <laughs> to avoid that debit order going off. Um, you know, and then, I mean, I must actually go back to the bank and say, what? Is then, is then he, will he have penalties? Yeah, of course. Because yeah. it sounds like they will. Um, so I will explore that. I will explore that with the bank um, and also ask about, you know, the, the the December clause surely can't be in everybody's um, um, credit, uh, debit order authority. Unfortunately, I got that response literally as we were going on air, so I didn't have time to interrogate it further, but I, I'll do so now on. When the show ends okay, But yeah, to be continued
1: Alright, uh, let's squeeze in one last one Which I think is a very simple response uh, I hope it's a simple response An SMS saying, Kalula, speaking of airlines Now disallows cash purchases of food On board, is this mm. allowed?
2: Yes it is allowed The short answer, I have t- um it actually took me quite a bit of effort to to get the answer on that one. I went to um, the South African the, the Payments Association of South Africa, PASA, and they said, "Oh, we're not sure." <laughs> so kicked it up to the Reserve Bank, and um, the short answer is yes, for various reasons, safety, convenience, whatever um, uh, merchants may insist oh uh, may say, we we only do a card payment what they can't do is pass on their bank charges so they can't add five percent because you're paying with a card
1: okay but they but they may insist we don't we, we, we don't, don't uh, do cash accept cash okay yes. wendy we must wrap up there thanks as always for uh, your effort on behalf of all of the many complainants today we really gave you a lot of work to do <laughs> yes. for today's show so appreciate the thorough response as always and we look forward to chatting to you again next week
2: Lovely. Our last one for the year, I think. Indeed, it
1: will be, uh, sad to say. Um, In the meantime, if you've got a topic you would like Wendy to investigate, all you need to do is drop an email to consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R, with the words Cape Talk in the subject line, plus a word or two describing the nature of the problem.